Welcome back, everyone. Hey, everyone. Welcome to Optimistic Realist MD. Um, we have our honorary professor, Nicholas Link, here with us today. He's going <laughs> to talk to us about hormones. Yeah, so we are ha- me and Dr. Lou were having a discussion, and um, you know, he's an endocrinologist that studies hormones, and endocrinology is one of my favorite topics in anatomy and physiology. And we realized we never told you guys w- what a hormone really is, so that's yeah. what we're going to do. And I and I think there are a lot of uh, confusion in terms of hormones. Yeah, you know, when you, when you when you say hormones, uh, people automatically assume, well, probably the top two hormones are either your reproductive hormones mm-hmm. or your uh, 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 thyroid. Mm-hmm. You know, which is another one. Insulin skinny. too. And yeah, insulin. But yeah, yeah, it's interesting. Not many people consider would consider insulin as a hormone. Mm-hmm. You know, because of, 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 of just how, you know, we perceive insulin. Yeah, and I guess yeah. this is how it's talked in the media on that. So yeah. such a common thing yeah. to hear. Or unfortunately, insulin has a lot of, uh, has a bad reputation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just from <laughs> Makes you fat, gives you diabetes. Yeah. No, no, just, just from the way it's portrayed. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, diabetes is a talk for another yeah. day. Well, you even, um, we were joking, you were talking that you have some patients come to you and be like, oh, I'm here because I have hormones. I think it's yeah, like so some kind of a disease, but we all have a lot of hormones that we need. <laughs> so, yeah. Well, well, we definitely have patients come in with, um, you know, stating they have hormone problems. Yeah. But then, you know, the, the trick is to narrow it down to which mm-hmm. hormone. Yeah. So without further delay, why don't you tell us what the definition of a hormone is? Keep it simple. It's kind of like a chemical messenger. It's a chemical that travels in the body and uh some hormones target all cells in your body um uh, things like your steroid hormones would be you know ones that affect every cell in the body and then things like insulin which are made of protein um it's also a chemical people think of protein and think of food but it's technically a chemical that we do eat uh these only target specific cells so keeping it simple like insulin would only target like muscle cells liver cells and fat cells because that's the only place the body can store excess sugar in the blood um, and it just goes to the cells and pretty much activates an active, uh, sometimes the gene is there and it just turns it on. Like in the case of proteins, um, it'll tell the muscle and liver and fat to start taking in sugar to lower blood sugar. And then things like your steroid hormones, which are made of like a fat based substance, it could actually create whole new genes in or activate genes that were inactive and make entirely new proteins. So that's why they're much more potent and affect every cell in the body. Um, and the way they work, like I was talking with you, is kind of like a thermostat. Um, it's a process called like negative feedback. So a good example is just let's say, you know, it's been crazy hot these couple of days and you set your AC to like 73 degrees, right? And, you know, the thermostat senses it and it gets up to 75. What's the thermostat going to tell the air conditioning to do? Turn on. Yeah, right? yeah it's right. turn on. And then it's going to stay on until it gets to what temperature? 73. 73, right? So once it gets to there, that's where you have your thermostat set. It's a set point. It stops. Mm-hmm. That's pretty much how hormones work in the body. So uh, what's normal blood glucose? Like 90 well, Depends. I, I would say, well, like you're talking about fasting blood sugar. Yeah. Okay, so normal is probably between 70 to 99. Okay, okay. Um, so let's just use to keep it simple. Let's use like 99 as a set point, right? Mm-hmm. But, um, but uh, if you're in such good shape like Nick here, he can probably tolerate <laughs> a 50 or a 60 without problems. Yeah. <laughs> I forgot what my last blood test showed, but, uh, yeah, I think it was pretty low. But, um, but yeah, so keep it simple. Let's just say 
use the number 100. That's a set point. Um, let's say you eat a banana that's got a lot of sugar or a bagel or a bag of Skittles, okay? That's going to make your blood sugar spike to, let's say, 120. And then, you know, the body, I, I'm pretty sure it's the hypothalamus that senses blood sugar and sends it to, or is the, I think the pancreas senses it itself. Mistake. Yeah, there's there's glucose sensors everywhere. Yeah, you well, know, in muscles, brain, um, liver. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and 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 this is uh, you know you know this is why when we talk about insulin resistance, you know, it's, it's, we have to talk about insulin resistance in all different parts of the body. Mm -hmm. So so there is, um, but you know, the brain has its own glucose sensors. Yeah, liver. Yeah, you know, because of course that's you're, you're going to talk about this too. Is you know that's where gluconeogenesis happens, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, muscles yep, have yep. its own uh, glucose receptors mm -hmm. and glucose channels. Yep. So if, to keep it simple, we, the body senses an increase in blood sugar, right? Uh, and that's similar to the thermostat senses an increase in temperature. So what the body does is it tells the pancreas to start releasing insulin, and that'll go to your muscle and liver first and turn that excess glucose into something called glycogen, all right? Um, and that glycogen is kind of interesting because – once it goes into the muscle, only the muscle can use it itself. But the liver mm -hmm. could break that glycogen into glucose anytime it wants and give it to any cell. So I always say, like, the muscles are greedy. You know, like, once it becomes muscle glycogen, it stays. Well, well I wouldn't say it's greedy. I think it's the survival tactic. Yeah, yeah, but, yeah, <laughs> but just, like, like, for a good analogy, you know? Yeah, I mean, imagine if your muscles can't utilize energy. Well, mm -hmm. you, you know, you can't really survive. No, this is true. And this is why... Um, you may have like, you know, post-workout shakes and everything. They say mm -hmm. you want to have after an intense workout or even athletes, you see they're drinking Gatorade, which has sugar in it. It helps keep those glycogen stores replenished and actually speeds recovery. Um, so, you know, that once it gets to the set 100 and mm -hmm. ideally the pancreas stops releasing insulin and then you stop lowering blood glucose so you don't become hypoglycemic. Yeah. And, and I think one, one thing just to add to your um, – so – so hormones are chemical messengers. What mm -hmm. makes it a little bit different than other chemicals, other signaling chemicals in the body is that it's actually released into the bloodstream. Mm -hmm. So so it's secreted in a endocrine gland. Yep. And we'll go over and uh, you'll tell us about the endocrine glands in a second. And it gets released to blood and then it goes to a target tissue. Yep. And that's where the, the you know, the magic happens. Yeah. And he just said target tissue, which is mainly dealing with your hormones made out of protein. And it's kind of cool that the way insulin knows what cells to target is because those cells only have the receptor for insulin. So uh, all the other, like when insulin's released into the blood, it goes to every single cell in the body, but like your nerve cells aren't going to respond to insulin because it can't store glucose. So, yeah. Yeah. So, well, I'm going to test your knowledge. Uh oh, nervous. Okay. <laughs> Uh, uh, rapid fire. Let's see if you can label off all the uh, endocrine or, or the hormone-producing glands. Hormone-producing glands. So the main one, the pituitary, okay. kind of called the master gland, which I always didn't agree with because it's the hypothalamus controls the pituitary. But is there yeah. ever really issues with the hypothalamus? Is that a common you, thing you, you would see? You can have issues with the hypothalamus. Hypothalamus is not generally regarded as a endocrine or or a, or a hormone producing gland because it's mainly nerves, yeah. Uh, because it's it's part of your central nervous mm -hmm. system. So so hypothalamus is part of the brain. Yeah, you know it's part of your yeah. Um, so so when you talk about hypothalamus, it, it falls under more of the realm of central nervous system, yeah. central nervous system yeah. control. So yeah, so pituitary. Now pituitary is interesting 
Because, you know, there's the anterior and the posterior mm-hmm, pituitary. Mm-hmm. Now, now here's the trivia question for you. Let's go. I'm ready. What, which one of those is an actual endocrine gland? The anterior. <laughs> <laughs> also known as adenohypotheses. Right. <laughs> yeah, and, and the reason why the posterior is not really considered a, a, a true endocrine gland, again, is because it's, it's just an extension of the hypothalamus. Yeah, and it just stores uh, ADH and oxytocin, which are, we were just talking about oxytocin, but it's actually produced in the hypothalamus. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. All right, what, which other glands? Okay, so the pituitary, we, it's kind of, we say it's controlled by the hypothalamus, but the pituitary could go to the thyroid gland. Um, so the pituitary has these cells called tropic cells, and they release stimulating hormones. Um, so it's going to have a thyroid-stimulating hormone, mm-hmm. something called TSH, which is a common thing you test for when someone has thyroid issues. Right. And that goes to the thyroid to tell it to you know, make more thyroid if it's low or make less. Negative feedback, same thing, just like a temperature. Uh, you got your adrenal glands, so... Mm-hmm. Um, ACTH is going to stimulate uh, the actual cortex of the gland to produce, um, I believe it's four hormones, right? It's we got cortisol, androgens, which estrogen, testosterone, and yeah. aldosterone. Aldosterone, yeah. right. So uh, those are hormones. We're not going to get into what they actually do, but <laughs> kind of keep it simple. <laughs> um, and then you got your ovaries and your testes. Those are mm-hmm. the major ones it's going to go to. Um doesn't no, it doesn't go to the pancreas, even though pancreas is actually considered part of the endocrine and digestive system, I believe. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's com- it's considered part of your 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 GI tract. Yeah, yeah. And then you got um uh PTH, parathyroid mm-hmm. hormone that goes to the parathyroid glands to control calcium levels, right? And also calcitonin, which is within the thyroid, that's gonna be helping control that either going up or going down in calcium levels. Right. And I think that's those are the major ones. Am I missing any? Well, what? Well, well, here, here, here's a question that my uh, one one of the attendings when I was a resident asked me. What's the largest? What's the largest endocrine gland in the body? Largest endocrine gland. Hmm. Look at that. Would it's it be the, the pancreas? Well, close, close. I was about to say you're not going to get your uh, perfect five on your AT yeah. exam. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's uh, it, it's actually the gut. The gu- oh, yeah, the gut, yeah. The, the, the GI tract, mm-hmm. because there, there, there are more hormones that are secreted in, yeah. the, in the GI tract than 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 any other um, yeah, you got system in the body. Gastrin, cholecystokinin. Yeah, I forgot about yeah, all those. Somatostatin. So. Yeah, yeah. You know, the, the, the whole we talked about leptin and yeah, ghrelin, and, and also very important, um, uh, you know. Im- Important uh, hormones that regulate appetite, mm-hmm. uh, GLP-1, which is one of the treatments we use for type 2 diabetes, and and also ghrelin, which mm-hmm. is known as the um, like the appetite the hormone. So that's a hunger hormone. I always so, remember like your stomach's growling. Ghrelin kind of sounds like it. That's how I remember. <laughs> <laughs> and actually, interesting enough is that the gut may actually get replaced by the gut flora. Mm-hmm. As the largest system of of, of hormone producing, uh, uh, or a hormone producing system, that's interesting. Yeah, because now we're learning more and more that these trillions of bacteria in yeah. your gut are actually making 
these peptides, you know, chemicals on their own that does affect how your body functions. I actually read somewhere, uh, some article about the uh, gut flora, and it actually said that, like, the bacteria, they're prokaryotic cells, but they say that we have more bacteria in our body than actual human eukaryotic cells. Yeah. Because they're so tiny, but they're so densely packed in there. So that's pretty wild. Yeah, I think the number of cells in the human body are in the billions. Mm -hmm. The number of bacteria in your gut is in the order of trillions. Yeah. It's crazy (laughs) to think about it. (laughs) We have more bacteria in us than our actual cells. (laughs) Who knows? Maybe the human body was really created by bacteria to to serve them. They say we did start as that, the whole endosymbiotic theory, right? Yeah. The one cool thing about the endocrine system, too, compared to every other system, it's the only one that's not connected continuously. Mm-hmm. Think about that. Like the nervous system, it's all connected. The digestive system's all connected. Skeletal muscle, all connected, where the endocrine is relying on the blood to really carry right. out its function. Right, yeah. right. And, and, and again, that's what makes it different. Yeah. That, yeah. That's what makes it different from other type of um, um, controlling hormones. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and I don't think I ever told you this, but... When I, when I was doing my uh, residency training, internal medicine, I, I was sort of juggling between applying for cardiology and applying for endocrinology. That's what I, I was. I was looking into cardiology <laughs> or orthopedics when I was considering med school. So that's yeah, why we get along. <laughs> I mean, endocrine, you and I were discussing, there's right. so many different ways you could approach the same condition, you know, right. that it's... it's yeah. But, but, but what really interests me is this whole negative feedback mechanism. Mm-hmm. You know, so, so you use the... Um, the thermostat as an example. I, I think one of the, the the most, probably the clearest negative feedback mechanism is probably the thyroid. Mm-hmm. Okay, because you, you, you have the TRH, the thyroid stimulating, uh, thyroid releasing hormone mm-hmm. that's made in the hypothalamus that goes to the anterior pituitary, which then stimulates TSH, mm-hmm. the thyroid stimulating hormone. And then that goes to the thyroid to stimulate the production of uh, T3 and T4. Mm-hmm. And, and once you produce, once your thyroid produces that T3 and T4, um, is that that T3 and T4 then feeds back to the hypothalamus and the pituitary to shut off further production mm-hmm. of, of TRH or TSH. Yep. You know, so so it's it, it's it's interesting. It's amazing how tightly regulated yeah the the body is. Um, uh, one one thing I saw in your slides. I'm I'm cheating here because I have my tablet and my <laughs> cheat sheet. You know this is. Um, you 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 showed the example of the pancreas. Yeah yeah. You know with the production of the glucagon and the and and the um, uh, insulin. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, so it's interesting is that your body can sense glucose levels. Yep. And then depending on your glucose level, it either it feeds back to the pancreas to either make glucagon or insulin. Yep. Yeah. Uh, and glucagon it does the opposite of insulin. It breaks down the stored sugar to increase blood sugar. So. Yeah. So, so, so this is what fascinates me about endocrinology is all these different pathways, these yeah. uh, feedback mechanisms. Mm-hmm. And then you have other hormones activating other hormones. That's like in completely like, I think aldosterone has, a, I think it's aldosterone has a direct effect on ADH as well, which makes you retain water because you're holding more salt when you release aldosterone. So there's all these like crazy connected pieces that it's yeah. possibly I have I have to look that up. Yeah, yeah. 
I, well, I may be wrong. I don't know. Yeah, I just, yeah. I, I'm just a teacher. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I apologize. It's not on my cheat sheet here. <laughs> my, my, my knowledge is only as vast as what's in front of the me. The PowerPoint. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah, but it, you know, this is uh, you know, this is what I find it interesting mm-hmm. is you can and and even taking care of patients. I I, I find with uh, endocrinology, taking care of patients is 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 a a um, uh, sort of an exercise of mechanisms. Yes, yeah. because it, it it's almost like deductive reasoning. You can mm-hmm. you can start at one problem and you trace the hormones back. You trace it back to to all the different glands, and yeah. then you're trying to figure out, you know, where, where the problem is. Like, where in the chain does it start? You know, right, like right. my case is a perfect example because we thought it was just my thyroid at first. And then we, yeah. I got that full blood work, and you saw, and like my testosterone was really low, like yeah. FSH and LH and uh, TSH are all low. So that indicates that it wasn't just thyroid, it was higher up. And the higher up you right. go, the more problems, unfortunately, it causes. Yeah. And, and the problem we're seeing a lot now is um, low testosterone. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of, a lot of patients who just get, you know, complain of getting tired. Well, this, ar- uh, this article you sent actually talked about that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah the, you know, the people just complain about being tired and mm-hmm. they go to, and they get tested. Yeah. Of course, if you're a man, you, you get your testosterone level tested and the testosterone level comes back low. Mm-hmm. But then what? You know, and and unfortunately, a lot of people were are just put on you know testosterone replacement. Yeah, you know, yeah. because that's that's what you do if your mm-hmm. testosterone's low, you replace it. But the problem with that is that it's 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 almost like putting a band aid on a wound. You know, it's our cover things up, but yeah. you don't really know what the problem is. Yeah. So, so with with endocrinologists, is that our our interest is not so much what the end result is, mm-hmm. okay? I mean, you can treat the end result. That's easy, you know, but where the problem is coming from. Yeah. So like, low, so, like, low testosterone, you know, like you're saying, it could be a problem with the hypothalamus. It could be a problem with the pituitary. Mm-hmm. It could even be, be a problem with the thyroid. Yeah. You know, or the yeah, thyroid, too, yeah. Yeah, and it, or, or a problem at the end, uh, end target organ, which yeah. is the, the, the testes. Yeah. Um, so... So the goal is to trace back and see where this problem is really coming from. Like what part of the chain is right now functioning? Right. So a a perfect example of this, um, other than your case, you know, it's um, your, your your case is interesting too because I remember they, they they checked your testosterone and it, it it was low. Yeah. You know, and and at first uh, I think we alluded to this in previous episode is we're just thinking it's because you work too hard yeah. or you're not sleeping yeah, yeah. or, or your lifestyle sucks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I still remember like the first time I came to you, you were like, you were kind of thrown off because you were saying people with my condition are usually overweight. And I wasn't yeah. because I just wasn't eating because I really wasn't hungry. And when I did eat, I ate healthy and I still forced myself to work out every day, even though I felt like crap. <laughs> yeah, and I and I still remember several um, several years ago, I had a patient who came in, a uh, young patient uh, in in the twenties, mm-hmm. came in um, with uh, low testosterone, uh, and, and and interesting enough to make a long story short, well, it turns out his low testosterone was because he had a large tumor growing in his pituitary, mm-hmm. you know, and then. Uh, once that tumor was taken care of, 
testosterone level came back. Back, yeah. 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 Actually, so, yeah, I have a colleague who I work with. They just found a tumor in her pituitary, and it was causing Cushing syndrome. Right. So right. they're actually, I think it's, um, well, my first MRI showed a tumor. Remember that? Yeah, I think it showed an empty cell. Yeah. Well, no, the, th- the second one did. Okay. And then it was like a third one. I think it was still like the empty cell, and the fourth one was like, oh, it, we don't see anything. <laughs> so oh. it's like... No, I was just thinking maybe we should repeat another one. Maybe yeah, it's been a while. Yeah, yeah, maybe it'll just disappear altogether. <laughs> <laughs> but there's actually nothing there anymore. <laughs> it's empty space in your brain. <laughs> the disappearance of the master gland. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's uh, funny. Oh, let me yeah. let me touch upon um because we talked about insulin resistance. Right. So it's kind of a cool uh, concept to talk about because I mean I may be mistaken, but this is kind of how I think it works. Is that People who are insulin resistant, um, their muscle cells aren't responding to insulin. And most of the times, the reason for that is because there's this thick layer of fat over the muscles that the insulin can't really get to the receptor on the muscle to store it as glycogen. Yeah, it's it's a lot more complicated. And I, I can't say I understand it too much myself. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, I think this is ongoing research. They're trying to figure out what it is that stimulates insulin resistance. Mm-hmm. But we know with re- insulin resistance is that one, your muscles don't respond as well to glucose. Yeah. So you can't utilize energy as well. And in your experience, though, and most people overweight who are insulin resistant? Like have you ever had someone like, like skinny like me and it was insulin resistant? Yeah, so, so so we'll touch upon that okay. in that article. Oh yeah, they actually did. Talk yeah, about so that. so insulin resistance we used to think happens in only people who are overweight, obese, putting on weight, sedentary, mm-hmm. eating the wrong food items, you know, and 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 this all traces back to inflammation within the body. Mm-hmm. Okay, because of course, if you you know we talk about this all the time, if you live a poor lifestyle, you are going to have more inflammation in the body. Yep, and that's ultimately what's going to drive that. That insulin resistance. So what you're saying is healthy lifestyle. Healthy lifestyle, <laughs> <laughs> quote unquote. <laughs> um, but but with insulin resistance is that you know not only does your muscle doesn't respond to to sugar as well, mm-hmm. it is your your liver doesn't respond to sugar as well. So 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 that whole feedback mechanism in terms of sugar production and gluconeogenesis is then kind of downregulated yeah right right is then um disrupted yeah so 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 if you look at people with type 2 diabetes of course which the underlying cause is insulin resistance um is that they their their liver continuously produces sugar yeah because they're not responding to the to the high level of insulin that is released into their system mm-hmm. to shut off gluconeogenesis. That makes sense. So 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 that's one of the underlying mechanisms of, you know, type two worsening glucose control and type two diabetes. Yeah, so one of the things with the endocrine system is a lot of things can go wrong. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of things can disrupt the the um Natural flow. The, the flow. And, yeah. and, like, you know, talk about testosterone. Well, problem can occur at any level. Yeah. Okay. Again, it can occur in the hypothalamus. It can occur at the level of the pituitary. It could occur at the level of the testes. Mm-hmm. So, so a lot of chemicals can disrupt these things. Yeah. And that's why we have, um, uh, I, I printed out that article about, about that because this is also gaining more, um, uh, mainstream attention yeah. is this whole idea of endocrine disrupting chemicals. Mm-hmm. 
EDC. EDC. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> and a lot of um, a lot of chemicals can cause that. You yeah, know, it, it could be things that are naturally derived from plants. Yep, like phytoestrogens. Phytoestrogen, that about a lot. Yep, you know, yep. Uh, probably best known in soybeans. Yeah, you know, the these are the plant-based estrogens that are produced. Yeah, uh, industrial chemicals. Mm-hmm. So this is the pesticides, the flame retardants. Yep, plastics. That plastics that food are stored in. Yep. Yep. Uh, so you guys heard about BPA a lot, like yeah, BPA free. So, yeah. So that that also falls under you know household personal care. Yep. Uh, cosmetics. Sun- sunscreen. They were even talking about. Yep, yeah. Sunscreen. Yep. And and uh, we this this was a big issue last year. Um, you know they had a this big article about the potential effects of uh, oxybenzone. Yes. So oxybenzone is a chemical UV blocker. Mm-hmm. It's 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 uh, um, used in non-mineral based uh, sunscreen. Mm-hmm. So so it's a sunscreen that when you rub on, it looks transparent. Mm-hmm. Okay. Because with 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 the physical blockers, the the mineral base, when you rub it on, you look you like a see, zombie. Yeah. Yeah. It's all white and everything. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like my kids when I bring them to the beach, they they actually reflect light. Well, I remember when I was younger, they had the ones that were like colored, that were like blue and purple, and it was <laughs> my whole face would just be blue covering. It was funny. Yeah, but 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 those are the physical blockers. Yeah, it's either yeah. titanium dioxide or zinc oxide. Um, but but the uh, the chemical UV blockers um, they're now considering as um, uh, endocrine disrupting chemicals. Yeah. Well, this article didn't talk about it much either, but I know there was a big thing with uh, deodorants too and containing aluminum and things like that. I wonder if that would be considered an EDC as well. Yeah, so any of those chemicals can, yeah. heavy metals, yeah. you know, can, can disrupt it. Uh, cosmetics, certain cosmetics. Uh, I think a lot of the, the products that causes in cosmetics hopefully are banned by now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, consumable items. Yeah. So this is your tobacco, mm-hmm. marijuana. Um, yeah, interesting. The article even talked about lavender oil. Yeah, and like uh, lavender and tea tree oil is like my two favorite essential oils, and I don't want to use them anymore. <laughs> <laughs> so I was saying that like the use of them is actually uh, causes the increase in estrogen production. Yeah, and then blocks testosterone. Yeah, so yeah. It's, it's but then it says, did say younger children. So yeah, so you, I don't know if it yeah, affects so you, adults the same way. Yeah, so you can actually see like. Um, Breast tissue development yeah. in in, uh, in in boys, mm-hmm. but marijuana is one of the, you know one of the other things that a lot of people don't consider. Yeah, uh, d- you know, mar- decreases sperm production. Yeah, right? marijuana can decrease uh, testosterone, mm-hmm. and 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 it can decrease uh, uh, sperm count. Yeah, and I think that's that's probably a feedback mecha- mechanism or or effect through the either the hypo, uh, through the hypothalamus. Yeah. So uh, yeah, hmm. yeah. So it's interesting, and then of course pharmaceuticals. You know, oh yeah, you, know, yeah. you take uh, you know anabolic steroids, mm-hmm. uh, testosterone replacement, hormone replacement. Your body just gonna stop making it. Right. Yeah. Right. Right. It's that it's it it's going to affect your body. Basically, you're gonna take over birth control pills. Yeah, that's for how example. they work. Yeah. yeah it is is uh, it's just gonna take over your body's own hormonal function. Mm-hmm. Um. But how these. Uh, all, all these uh, endocrine disrupting chemicals can cause problems. It could either stimulate, you know, uh, um, stimulate more hormone production. It oh. could inhibit yep. uh, hormone production. Yeah. And, and uh, it can also disrupt the, yeah. the action, mm-hmm. you know, by either blocking the receptors or, or um, 
disrupting somehow the metabolism and the, or, or the even the production itself. of it. The production, yeah. right, right, yeah. down yeah. at a nuclear level. Yeah. So a, a good good example of this would be um, like tamoxifen, for example. Mm-hmm. Okay, tamoxifen is used in women with hormone responsive breast cancer. Okay, and how it works is that it's an estrogen receptor blocker. Interesting. Yeah. But tamoxifen itself is in is an estrogen compound. It's 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 what we call a serum, a uh, selective estrogen receptor modulator. Okay. Gosh, I can't can't believe I still remember that from medical school. <laughs> <laughs> but 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 what it does is that it um it it blocks the estrogen receptor, so your body's own estrogen can act on it. Yeah. But tamoxifen itself, again, it has estrogen like activity. So would that still cause the side effects of excess estrogen? Well, well, it, it it still carries the same side effect profile. Interesting. You know, uh, uh, clot formation. In, in women who are susceptible, so that's smokers. not really a good medication. Then would it like well, like an well, aromatase a, inhibitor be better? Well, well, it's a it's a necessary medication. Interesting. You know, can, and and um, aromatase inhibitors are different. It decreases the production of estrogen, okay. but sometimes you have to use both of them in combination. Gotcha. You know, and it and it depends on you know again, it's not my field. It's an oncology. It depends yeah. on, on on the type of cancer you have. Mm-hmm. Makes sense. Um. But one of the biggest uh, chemicals that are described in the uh, 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 article here is uh, BPA. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which is scary. And it also started talking about, um, was that the one where it, it was associating with like an increase in ADHD and autism? Yeah. Because it disrupts uh, like neural development? Yeah, so, so BPA has been implicated in many things. Mm-hmm. So, so other than being an endocrine disrupting chemical is that there are some speculations of it. Um, affecting um, uh, the immune system, mm-hmm. increasing the risk of autoimmunities, uh, increasing the risk of inflammation. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and it's scary because BPA used to be in everything. Yeah, <laughs> like like anything plastic. Yep, has yep. BPA in. Yeah, it. you know the the plastic cups you use, the plastic uh, bottles that water used to yeah. be sold in i'm still convinced that baby that's, bottles yeah yeah and i'm still convinced <laughs> that that's where like the root of like my issues came from because like i would have all those chemicals because we didn't know back then right. and then this is a whole other topic but artificial sweeteners i was crushing diet soda all the time you right. know and i uh, it's it, that could have been an issue you know yeah and, and sometimes i wonder too because now there is a rising problem with infertility especially in young adults. Mm-hmm. You know, they, um, I wonder how much of this traces back to all the chemicals that we've been exposed to. Well, it's a, it's the generation that had the most of it. If you think about it, it, it seems like there's some correlation. Right. And and it's uh, BPA also, you know, other than infertility, uh, PCOS. So PCOS, uh, polycystic ovarian syndrome, mm-hmm. is very widely diagnosed now mm-hmm. you know um, there's a larger and larger percentage of, of young women and even older women who are diagnosed with PCOS yeah now in the past we used to think this has to do with your your body weight and insulin resistance and um, but now we're seeing you know, you know we're, we're seeing more patients who have all the features of PCOS who are not overweight or obese at all yeah you know, in fact, they can have a pretty low BMI. Mm-hmm. So this this comes back to what you asked me earlier is 
can you be thin and have insulin resistance? You know, and guess the answer is yes now. And the and the answer is yes. You know, just uh, what what you know, something in your body is inducing that Mm -hmm. insulin resistance. Yep. You know, it could be um, it could be inflammation. You know, something that's causing more inflammation in your body then Mm -hmm. increases that insulin resistance. Uh, It could be some endocrine disrupting chemical Mm -hmm. that is disrupting your body's ability to process insulin. So now you're producing more than normal of insulin to mm-hmm. to accommodate for that. That makes sense. Yeah, and so so this is a, you know, this is a interesting field. It's you know it's evolving. We're mm-hmm. we're starting to know more of this, um, and I think once we start learning more about this, is that then, you know, like with the case with BPA, is that then we can start eliminating these things from our, 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 our lives. Which most plastics have been doing. Right, right. So, so it'd be interesting to see with this next generation, and of course this is, you know, when my, my son is 11 now. So when he was born, that was around the time that BPA was starting to get phased out. Yeah. You know, because I remember all of his, 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 you know, all of his, uh, Bottles and everything now, you BPA know, free or, or BPA free. Um, so it'll be interesting to see what this next generation, as they grow up, is that if the, we still see the same yeah. issues as we do or, in, unfortunately, your generation. Yeah, or does yeah. it I'm, 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 I'm too old for that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's funny. Because so, <laughs> a lot of people always ask me, like, why, why are there so much thyroid disease? Um, well, one lifestyle. Mm-hmm. I mean, we all live pretty crappy lifestyles for most lifestyle. of us. Yep. <laughs> and it's all this too, like you know, and, you know, and, yeah, right. Yeah. The endocrine disrupting chemicals. Yeah. I, I think it's um, and, and there it mentioned a chemical perchlorate, which is found in drinking water. Yes, yes, I remember and, that part. Right, and and also because it's in drinking water, it's also in, in vegetables, and it and it causes. Um, Problems with thyroid hormone biosynthesis, mm-hmm. you know, because so that may be a factor. Yeah, I know. Um, I talked about. I'm probably saying this name wrong, but phthalates. Am I saying that right? But I talked about I, those a I lot. I just too. call it phthalates. Phthalates, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm the world's worst speller, so I can't read either. Apparently. <laughs> no. no, I was telling my wife about all these things, and her response was, "Well, we're all doomed." Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> so I enjoy life. <laughs> Live in the present. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, so so I think there's a lot of challenges ahead. Yeah. You know, in finding these things. Um, uh, you know, this is why we also need more, more research mm-hmm. into this area, too. Um, I'm very curious to see what comes out of this whole um, area now with gut flora. Because mm-hmm. it might turn out, you know, gut flora may replace the gut as the largest endocrine producing system. Yeah. Yeah. You know, seeing seeing how it affects everything from appetite to weight mm-hmm. to inflammation in your body. Yeah. It's very interesting. So anything else? Um yeah. no, I think that's about that it with that. Well there's that one article you sent about Falling in love. Oh yes, <laughs> yes, which yeah. is pretty interesting. Yeah. So, 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 I was going to include that as part of your post, our, our posterior pituitary. 
yeah. Uh, is that pituitary produces um, uh, the the ADH or vasopressin? Uh, yeah, and oxytocin. Careful, right. it stores it. It stores it. Well, it stores it. Right, right. <laughs> Producing the hypothalamus yeah. and stores it. That's just posterior. a It's like a big stickler. I'm on my students. From. I'm like, no, it doesn't produce it. It stores it. <laughs> That's semantics. Yeah, it's, it's all part of the it's, hypothalamus. It's there. Yeah. So, right. uh, and and oxytocin. Yeah. You know, oxytocin we know plays a large role in childbirth mm-hmm. because it, it it helps with the contraction of the uterus yep. in, in childbirth, and also it helps with uh, breast milk production. Yeah. So the contraction of the nipple to actually right to milk them out. Yeah. Yeah, but but now oxytocin is is also. There's research looking at oxytocin has actually been been nicknamed the cuddle hormone, the love hormone, the love <laughs> yeah. hormone, the cuddle yeah. hormone, yeah. and it it's it, it's not so much associated with attraction, mm-hmm. but it's associated with um, comfort, kind of. Yeah, like comfort. And they, you know, you know, they they're they're trying to uh, now they're wondering, you know, basically animals that make more oxytocin, you know, when when uh, in a relationship is that they tend to be more monogamous. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So 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 then so then the question is: Does oxytocin play a role in terms of of making that human con- connection in relationships? In, yeah. in uh, relationships, yeah. you know. So you so you have other hormones that that stimulate the attraction. So the dopamine, for example, mm-hmm. we have the reward pathway. Mm-hmm. You know, and, it, and it's like uh, when when you're first attracted to somebody, it's you know, you you get that dopamine. Surge. Yeah, it's like the honeymoon Almost. stage. Right, yeah, yeah. right, right, right. And then and then the dopamine wears stage off. wears off. Yeah. That's like everything else. It's like buying a new car. You buy a new car. You're so excited. A <laughs> couple of months, you're like, ah, oh, it's a car. You know. A couple yeah. of months, you get a scratch. You don't yeah. care anymore. Yeah. You know? uh, but then all these other hormones then come into play in terms of maintaining a relationship. Yeah. Which I thought was pretty cool. Yeah. I think they were saying uh, androgens were the first for like the initial attraction, yeah. right? Like uh, estrogen and testosterone. And I think, what did they say? They said adrenaline too, right? Adrenaline's released at the mm-hmm. first. That's where you get like the, it's going to increase your heart rate and you get sweaty palms and like nervous. Right. I don't know what to say. Yeah. Right, right, so right. It, was, it was cool. It was an interesting read. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. So, see, hormones play a bigger role in everything. Yeah. Uh, even, um, uh, you, you know, we're talking about. Um, uh, yeah, now they're saying that oxytocin plays a big role in terms of ejaculation and orgasm. Yeah, yeah. I never knew that, but that's a that's interesting. Well, they're to even know. saying too, like uh, an ejaculation. I think that's the only instance the body actually, with the parasympathetic and sympathetic nervous system, actually complement each other. Like yeah. they have to work at the same time. Right. So that was pretty cool. I always thought. Yeah. So I wonder if it has something to do with that too. So it's funny when I was reading that article, I had this image in my mind. You know, you know the the Uh-oh. the the uh, cupid with their arrows <laughs> oh, yeah, and, the, yeah. and the heart. So 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 maybe at the end of the heart, it's like you know they they, they lace it with some oxytocin and dopamine. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> theoretically that would work. They're they're, yeah. uh, they're really just shooting you up with dopamine and yeah. oxytocin. Yeah, that's funny. <laughs> yeah, but as always. It's been fun. Yeah. yeah. I like these uh, conversations. It's and, one of my favorite and topics, we'll, though. Yeah, and we'll keep bringing you, you know, more topics like these uh, if you find interesting. And, of course, let us know. Uh, again, you can email us or leave us a comment of anything you would like find interesting to, to talk about. Give us some homework. Come on, guys. Yeah. Get on it. A, yeah, <laughs> Challenge us a little bit, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Because yeah. we, we already know we know everything, so we just, we want to yeah. get you now. <laughs> yeah, right. 
And and by the way, I know everything as long as it's on this piece of paper. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> or revert to Google. <laughs> All right. Well, cool. Always fun. Yeah. So, yep. And again, uh, if there's anything you want us to look into, research for you, talk about, uh, please let us know. Uh, otherwise, uh, enjoy enjoy the summer. Yeah. Getting a nice little rainfall now. Yeah, a little break in the heat, right. which is nice. Yeah. So okay. until next time. All right. Take care. Right. Later, okay. guys. Bye.